You're listening to the 49 Carats Podcast, a 49ers goldmine production with Stephanie Sanchez. What's going on, everyone? And welcome to another edition of the 49 Carats Podcast. We are two days away from the draft. A lot of talk is building up, especially around Debo Samuel. We actually just heard Tony Pauline uh, talking about it a little bit of Ugh. bit ago. He pretty much said he's seventy percent sure that the 49ers are going to be trading Debo Samuel, and then if he does, it's going to be to the if they do, it's going to be to the New York Jets. Um, but today we are going to try to focus as much as we can on the offensive line. And we heard about some Alex Mack news very recently. And so we're going to talk about some potential replacements for him, as well as some other offensive line targets that they can address in the draft. And to do that today, I am joined by Javi. You guys all know who he is. He's a legend around these parts, host of the fourth and gold podcast. He was at the senior bowl. So he is very familiar with a lot of the prospects that we're going to be talking about today. Um, as well as he's had several player interviews um, on his channel. Javi, how are you doing today? I'm good. You guys always introduce me in like this really like high praise. <laughs> I'm just a regular guy, guys, you know? Um, yeah. I appreciate it, Steph. Uh, I'm happy to see your channel growing and everything that has become of the 49 carrots podcast. Um, and of course, shout out to Angie Wright's. Right. She's moved up in the world, too. So uh, this podcast has gone, you know, from small beginnings to it's gotten much bigger. So it's all a product of what you and Angie have done. So shout out to you guys. Appreciate you having me. Right on. Um, Really quickly, before we talk about offensive line, just want to get your two cents on this whole Debo Samuel mess. Um, You know, are you hearing anything in particular? Um, You know, how are you feeling? Um, I'm not hearing anything in particular. I, I Okay. I've learned well. I I've learned to withhold as much as I can ever since the Stafford thing. Right? I didn't mean to put you on the spot. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, <laughs> just reading the tea leaves on the situation. It feels to me, and I, I said it on the Niners Nation podcast with Leo Luna, the Oh Hey There Pod. Um, to me, this feels like someone in the 49ers organization pissed off Debo Samuel, and I think part of it is the Jimmy Garoppolo situation. I think part of it is. Um, you know, we, we heard going into the 2020 season that there was question marks around Debo Samuel and the 49ers in his future, right? They weren't sure how they were going to use, utilize him going forward, et cetera. They had weight concerns, had injury concerns, and I'm not using those things against him. I'm just going based off what those reports were. Um, so to me, it feels like Tory, Tory Dandy came up to John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan after the season and said, Hey, we're ready to do business. When do you want to do this? And maybe the Niners and John and Kyle and Parag were like, listen, we're going to wait until Jimmy thing is done. I feel like Dandy was like, okay, no problem, but can you give me a ballpark? And that ballpark lines up with what Tony Pauline said of 18 to $19 million a year. And that's, that could be an insult. That could be something that, you know, could rub somebody the wrong way. And Dandy's like, all right, well, that's, that's a non-starter for us. Right. So Debo's not showing up to anything voluntary. And I think somewhere in the middle there, there's a conversation about, well, Kittle and Fred showed up, right? Why can't your guys show up? And probably a question of leadership came into play. And for a guy like Debo who carried the team uh, this past season, that could be insulting. That could be something that kind of pisses the guy off. And I don't blame him for being mad if he did get mad about the situation. Um, you know, it is, it's it's curious on how everything's worked out. And then, you know, once you see those things happen, we all know about the owners meeting. Apparently Kyle and John were down there and spoke to Debo. And then literally the next day he starts scrubbing his, uh, Instagram account and people get, you know, people got sensitive about, Oh, it's nothing. It's nothing. At some point we have to really start paying attention to people's social media accounts. We can't dismiss things yeah. from Adam Schefter, Ian Rapport, Jeremy Fowler, because it makes us uncomfortable about our team, right? Like some of this stuff is what it is. It's true. And it's, you know, it's progressed from an Instagram scrubbing to a trade request to today. We're hearing from Tony Pauline that the Godfather offer is on the table or will be on the table for Debo Samuel. And if the Niners walk away with it, the very least pick 10, to me, that's a win. Now, you can't really replace the production of Debo Samuel with pick 10, but it gives you ammunition. You just spent all that on Trey Lance. If you can move back from 10 and add some additional picks to give yourself some more flexibility in the roster construction, then by all means, do it. Now, would I rather have Debo Samuel? Absolutely. Who wouldn't? But if he doesn't want to be here, then it is what it is, 
and I, I, me, I come, I start to question some of the tactics of, um, I start to question some of the tactics about how they negotiate things, right? We heard about DeForest Buckner. DeForest Buckner came out this past season when, before they played the Colts, how the offer wasn't where they needed it to be for Defoe. He always wanted to be a Niner. He was not, he was kind of taken aback that the Niners like, well, go look for a trade because we're not paying that price, right? We all know about the Kittle situation and his agent was very public about how they were offended, insulted. They called it the Valentine's Day massacre on the initial offer. We know about Trent Williams who had to call Kyle Shanahan to say, hey, tell Prague to up the offer. The only one we didn't hear about was Fred Warner. And I think part of Fred Warner's deal is the Niners have a history of paying their linebackers, right? We all know Bo and Willis got paid. Um, so Fred was pretty easy to pay, right? Like it's like, all right, look, we value linebackers. We're going to pay this guy and we love the guy. Um, but with this Debo thing, it just, I get it. I get it from the Niners standpoint that they may not want to commit, you know, 60, $70 million of fully guaranteed money. Um, but I also get it from Debo Samuel's perspective. Like, hey, don't use me like a running back all the time to where I'm going from getting five, getting hit five, six times a game to 10, 12 times a game because now you have me running out of the backfield. And I'm a big believer if Raheem Mostert was healthy all year, we probably don't see the production out of the back from, backfield from Debo Samuel. Like, we'll probably just yeah. see the 2019 version of Debo Samuel in the backfield, the jet sweeps, those orbit motions, things like that. Nothing to the hey, point hey. where he's taking 59 carries at the back end of the season, you know, his production as a receiver dropped off because he had to step up for the team, which if the negotiation got to the point where they're like, Oh, well, kiddo and Trent and the other one else showed up for things like that and questioning leadership, the guy sacrificed his own production for the team. That's leadership enough in my opinion. So it is what it is. And if they do trade him, they, you know, at the end of the day, so be it, you know, it, it sucks, but there's nothing you, me or anyone else in the comments or in Twitter or, you know, social media can ever can say, Right. It's just an opinion at this point between you and I and everyone else. Do I want him traded? No. But if you're going to get pick 10 and some additional picks, so be it. As long as you're going to pay Nick Bosa, which I think that's going to be, that's a no brainer at this point. Like you have to, um, then all right. And at the, at the end of the day to me, and I love Debo Samuel. I don't want people to take this the wrong way. The ultimate X factor in this offense is Kyle Shanahan. It's Kyle, right? Kyle schemes guys wide open all the time. I'm not saying Debo was schemed open a lot. What I'm saying is he can find production from a, a bunch of other places. And if he's going to get there from a high level or a high pick, like he did with Brandon Ayuk, could he do it again, let's say, if they pick at 10 with a Garrett Wilson? To me, the answer is yes. And I think that's kind of where they're leaning. Um, now, would they go wide receiver early if they get pick 10? To me, I think it'd be smart to invest in tackle, right? We'll get to the offensive line here in a second. But I would go tackle just to give yourself that insurance of Mike McGlinchey, just in case. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, all good info. I think um, 49er fans at this point are in the stage of acceptance. We've already had our our moment of grief and, you know, confusion and anger and, and what have you. But I think now we're at the point where, okay, if, if the overall, the 10th overall pick is involved, you know, I feel a little bit better. Um and you mentioned some wide receiver options. Actually, I had a wide receiver running back and tight end uh, draft preview yesterday with Josh Taylor. And we did talk about a lot of the top wide receiver prospects that the 49ers can target. And so after you guys watch this, uh, make sure you hit my YouTube channel and watch that video as well. It's also up on streaming platforms, so check that out. You guys are watching make sure you like and subscribe to this video but all right let's talk about offensive line because there's plenty to talk about there as well especially with Alex Mack and we can assume that at this point he is probably going to be retiring just based on the way John Lynch spoke about him he he said he was gonna have something to say soon you don't have something to say if you're just returning for another year right so before we look at potential of offensive linemen or replacements for Alex Mack let's look at the current state of the 49ers offensive line well you have Trent Williams he's the unquestioned starter at left tackle there um, we have Aaron Banks I mean John Lynch the way he spoke about him it seems like he's ready to potentially start at the very least uh, compete for a 
starting role, and maybe that's at the left guard position. We also have uh, Colton McKivitz, Justin School, who you know can serve as a swing tackle as well. I have Alex Mack there because he is still part of the team as of now, but we assume he's retiring. Uh, behind him, there's Jake Brendel. Another name that has been popping up, obviously, as a center option is Daniel Brunskill. He has been a backup, and he has started as uh, a center there in the past when needed, and so he's certainly an option. Um, I guess we'll find out how they feel about Daniel Brunskill based on how early the 49ers draft uh, a center in this draft. Um, some other names here. Jalen Moore, again, John Lynch spoke pretty highly about him. He He's excited about him. He's ready. He said all all the things, right? Um, McGlinchey, it seems like his rehab is going well. Um, so at the moment, I'm not worried about him at right tackle. And, you know, what do you think about this group, Javi? Uh, besides Alex Mack, are there any other needs that the 49ers have here? Um, I think, so real quick with the Alex Mack thing, I think John let the, the cat out of the bag here. So they asked him, has center Alex Mack made a final decision on whether or not to continue playing? To which John replies, not a final. We've been in discussion with Alex, communicating with him, and I think I would say, the common theme here today, I'm not going to speak for Alex on that. I think at the appropriate time, Alex will comment on that. If you knew your guy was coming back, you'd say he's coming back. Yeah. Right? I think yeah. that's fair to say. Um, as far as the offensive line goes, Trent Williams, probably the best offensive lineman in football. Aaron Banks, shout out to Jordan Elliott and Jason Ponte and Brad Graham, who were at the Combine. They had spoken to several people, and Aaron Banks' name came up unsolicited, right? to where a lot of these folks are saying, hey, this guy is a really good player. He's going to be a good player. So I, I feel pretty confident in Aaron Banks. Uh, I like what Colt McKivitz showed um, in the Week 17 game against the Rams. He showed some positional versatility. That's a guy you might want to keep around. I still have questions about his arm length because I don't know if I want him playing tackle, right? I'd rather him be a guard. Could he play your right guard position next to McGlinchey? That is possible, right? Uh, Justin School. He tore an ACL, so we'll see how that how he's recovering from there. I don't know that he's a guy that's going to be making the roster, um, you know, because he was a borderline roster guy at the end of the beginning of last year, anyways, before he tore his ACL. Uh, Alex Mack, we just talked about it. If he's back, cool. If he's not, also cool, because you still have to f plan for the future, anyways. Whether he was staying mm -hmm. this year or not, they yeah. need to draft a center. Uh, Jack Br Jake Brindell, I thought he was okay in the preseason, but again. I would. I have been. A, I've been screaming for a center for like three years. Kyle Shanahan has ran through centers like he runs through running backs, right? Uh, Daniel Kilgore first year. Uh, then you go and pay Weston Richburg. Then he doesn't. You know he it gets injured back at in the beginning of 2019. Um, you have. Uh, you have Brunskill at one point was a center. Grassu was a center. Uh, ben Garland was there. Then of course. Um, What's his face? Oh, my God. Daniel Brunskill played center. Like, you've gone through so many centers over five seasons. Can we just get a Jeff Saturday, Peyton Manning, like, marriage here, please? Can exactly. I just get a center guy that is going to grow with your quarterback? Like, that would be the plan. Yes. Uh, as far as Jalen Moore goes, I don't know that he's a tackle. Specifically, I do like him at guard. Um, he's played – he played a little bit of tackle this past season. What he showed was it, – it, it was a rainy game. It wasn't the greatest opportunity for him. So, maybe he's developing and – Obviously, you hope that he's developing there, and I think you know that would be. If I'm looking at the interior, it's probably Banks, a rookie center, or J.C. Treader, the guy that keeps coming up a lot, mm -hmm. and Jalen Moore, which I think Kyle Shanahan's, he, you know, in his history as a head coach and offensive coordinator, he values his tackles and he values his center guards. Aren't really the big thing for him. So if he can get a quality center, an intelligent center to help his quarterback, he's going to do that. J.C. Treader comes into that, qualifies as that. And a couple of these guys are in the draft. Juergens, um, West, and Fortner. Those guys seem to be very, very intelligent. Cole Strange, another one. Those guys, we'll get to them in a little bit. But um, I think the offensive line as a whole, it, I don't think it's as bad as everyone makes it out to be. If McGlinchey is back and McGlinchey's back to what he was before the injury, they're fine. They're in decent shape. Now, if McGlinchey regresses because – that injury is so severe and so serious, right? Then you got questions. But I also think, depending on what happens with Debo Samuel, you could probably fortify that right side of the offensive line 
by taking one of these tackles early and having him sit or develop him, or maybe he's he can slide in a guard for the first year and then work his way out to tackle if if McGlinchey's not performing right. So there's they have a lot of things to operate with here, and I, I'm not as low on the Niners' offensive line as other people. I think they have a lot of pieces. They have to figure it out. This is what the point of the offseason is, right? The OTAs, training camp, figure out your best five. That's your combination. Figure out the best combination to protect your quarterback. I think they'll be fine. Um, it's just a matter of how they, how they finish it off in the draft. Yeah, I, I agree. And um, J.C. Treader is an interesting name because a lot of people say that you know, Kyle Shanahan has only had vets at center. He, I don't think he's ever had a rookie. And so it's definitely possible that Treader, you know, they still pick him up at some point, but I'm going to look at some of these centers anyway in this draft, because I think it's a really good class. And uh, Joey here had a comment, get that 10 pick trade back to 16 and take Linderbaum. We weren't going to talk about Linderbaum in this episode be, just because like, I, I wasn't sure if we were going to get that 10, 10th pick, but now I kind of feel like we got to talk about it. So how would you feel about uh, Linderbaum in the 49ers offense? I think he's a great fit. I, a 10 is too high to take a center. I think 10 is about way too high. If you trade it back I, to 16. I still, think it's, I still think it's too high to take a center. Okay. And Linderbaum, I, I, to me, what's the difference between him and Cam Jurgens? Like, is it is it that vastly large? Right, or I would, or Luke Fortner or Donovan West is 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 his talent that much greater than those other guys you can possibly get later, right? So this is why I I bring up the tackle situation. If you're at ten, let's just say the Niners get ten, and you got Linderbaum, and for some crazy reason Charles Cross is still sitting there, right? Or you got Garrett Wilson. I would probably bet that the 49ers front office has. Charles Cross higher than Linderbaum on their on their draft board, right? So you go tackle, especially if you don't know if you're going to extend McGlinchey after his fifth year, right? You're turning that roster. And if you can get a Cam Jurgens at, let's say, 93, that's to me, that's a win-win. Now, Linderbaum, I know people really, really like him. I like some of his tape. I think he has an issue with anchoring um, at times, but that's playing – it's playing Big Ten football. There's a lot of physical guys there. You got you got guys at Ohio State, Penn State. They had a lot of talent, so there's some things there. Um, you know, I don't I don't know that these these tackles will be there at ten, right? But there's, this tackle class is pretty damn strong. And if you can get one early, I would invest in one early just because I'm not certain on McGlinchey. You know, I think you know I, I I'm hoping he's okay, um, but there's always a question mark of what if with him. So that's a big deal. But I, I mean, I wouldn't. I'm not going to be screaming at the TV like, no, why did you take Linderbaum? It'd be fine. But at six, at 10 is high. 10 is too high. At 16, then, yeah, it's a little bit more palatable. But Yeah, I've actually been hearing <laughs> – I've seen some people say that Linderbaum might not even um, – like he might fall out of the first. So, uh, yeah, that, that definitely makes sense um, there. But, you know, let's talk about some of these other guys that – could be had maybe in the the second round the third and beyond that um before we do that i just wanted to go over some of the offensive line visits that the 49ers have had um a lot of there's a lot of guards here um a couple centers i mean you see cam jurgens cole strange as well and we'll talk about those guys just wanted to you know point this out this is all relative information leading up to the draft and uh, certainly would suggest some interest. So we'll talk about some of these guys. Uh, let's start with uh, Cam Jurgens. Um, uh, Rand Carthon was at Nebraska's pro day. Yep. You know, you can, you can say maybe he was looking at uh, Samori or, or someone else. Uh, they did have a lot of talent, but Cam Jurgens seems to be a very, um, you know, important guy for Nebraska, someone that I think the 49ers would have a lot of interest in, in this draft, 2,066 snaps in three years. Um, in 2021, he allowed zero sacks, just 13 pressures. Um, the question is, does he go before the 49ers pick? Let's just say there is no Debo trade. Uh, the 49ers are picking at 61. Does he even make it there? Yeah, I think he makes it there. I think he okay. makes it. I think he makes it there. Absolutely. If Linderbaum is falling, 
out of round one, then most certainly Jergens is probably going to be late second, early third round pick, right? Could he be there at 61? Yeah, I think he'll be there at 61. I think he might also be there at 93, right? It just depends on how this, some of this stuff oh, falls in the yeah. draft. I, I, he's a center, right? I mean, you could some of these guards, like, you know, with, with um, like the, the comment, comment here, Quentin Nelson, but Quentin Nelson was a top five pick no on everybody's board, right? Like that was something that was very, very league known around. Everyone knew he's a top 10 pick, top five pick, depending on who you ask. With Jurgens and, and guys like Linderbaum, they're falling for a reason, and those reasons, they, they have question marks in their game, right? Um, I like Jurgens. I think he'll be fine. I think he's a great blocker. I think he gets to the second level really well. Fun note, and I think it's important to note this, is Joe Staley's working out with him. Joe Staley has been working with him for months. We love him. Um, and that's a good thing, right? We all know Kyle Shanahan values Joe Staley, and Joe Staley was considering joining the coaching staff. So how much intel is he providing the Niners when it comes to Cam Jurgens, I think Jurgens is a physical guy. I think he's very, very violent with his hands. He's got good feet, but there's times where he gets blown up, right? Can what is he going to look like against an Aaron Donald? What is he going to look like against guys who are much larger than him who get a little bit more leverage? Now he's six two, six three, right? Some of these defensive ends or defensive tackles are going to be in that six five, six four, six five, six six range, and you know reach matters. How how does he perform against those guys? And that's the question. Um, but I, I do like what I see. I do like that he's an outside zone guy that works for them. I think the Niners are going to go to a little bit more inside zone in 2022 with with the Trey Lance and potentially Trey Sermon and Elijah Mitchell combination. I think that's kind of what they're leaning towards. Um, I would not be opposed to Cam Jurgens. I just think he's he's a guy who's going to need a little bit more time, probably an NFL weight room to get a little bit stronger, right? Put on maybe 10, 15 more pounds to help him out. I don't think that's going to affect his movement skills because if you talk to scouts, um, they feel like he can probably add another 10 to 15 pounds and just fit, you know, he won't lose much, if anything at all, and that's a plus. So he's got ability to grow into his body, and I think that's a big deal with when it comes to centers. Alex Mack was pretty similar in, in that sense um, when he came into the league. Yeah, and who knows? That could be the reason that the 49ers prefer veterans, someone who's already polished rather than the rookies that you kind of have to mold and work on. I don't know if Kyle Shanahan has that sort of patience, um, but – Let's look at the next name here on the list. Um, we have Donovan West out of Arizona State. Um, I know Brad, our resident uh, offensive line expert, like he he's talked a lot about Donovan West, and and he seems like him, someone that could potentially go in the third or later. Um, how do you like West? Uh, I like West. I haven't studied West too much. I know our guy Brad likes him. Um, Forty yard dash, five point five two seven broad jump, one hundred twelve or I'm sorry, 11.2, whatever it was. Um, he's He's got some really good size, good physical skills. I just think, um, I don't know. He just he was moved to center late in the season or late in the, the process, so I don't know how much familiarity he has with being a center. I think he's more slated to be a guard. Um, to me, I feel like Wes is going to fall. I think he's going to be a guy that goes in round five, round six, right? I don't think he's going to be a guy that is going to be sought after you know, in early part of the of part of the draft, um, he's got two position flexibility. Play guard, can play center. I already said that. Um, he's got some really good hips. He's got good football intelligence. Um, I do like what he does with his hands. Um, so he has a lot of tools to work with. Um, and of course, another thing with the Niners, they love familiarity, right? Arizona State, Herm Edwards, John Lynch. They have a you know really good working relationship. Kyle and John um, would benefit to talking to Herm about his his former center and how he operates in the offense and what he can do. He does got good lateral movement skills that you can see on the film here. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, can he just, can he get better at, you know, with his hand striking and his anchor and his balance in the, in the run game. So it just depends. The back 12 wasn't very good, right? He does miss on some blocks. Um, he does miss with his hand striking. It's just a lot of things that he's, he's a developmental guy, right? If, if Mac is going to be here for another year, then yeah, I'd say take West late and let him learn. But I, I would not invest in West um, super early. That's for sure. Okay. Yep. That all makes sense. <clears throat> all right. The next name, um, someone I know you like, Cole Strange, Strange. at <laughs> a Chattanooga. Um, and I, I do have some of his senior bowl highlights. And he, he, the thing I like about him is, He's played a lot of positions on the offensive line, 
left guard, left tackle. Um, and as we know, he, he ended up playing his career at, at center. So how do you like uh, Cole Strange? I love Cole Strange. I talked to Cole yesterday. I've talked to Cole pretty much throughout this process since um, since the Senior Bowl. <laughs> As you can see there, he's a he's a he's a uh, fiery guy. He had a little bit of trouble with some of the bigger guys, but for the most part, he held his own. Uh, Travis Jones, as you can see there from UConn, was just an absolute monster the entire week at the Senior Bowl. But for the most part, he held his own. He has some really good positional versatility: tackle, guard, and center. Right. He also has scheme versatility: gap scheme, inside zone, outside zone in the run game. He fits what the Niners need. Now, is his tape the greatest? Not really. He played at Chattanooga but he has the traits to develop into something that'll be a guy who gives you, who could potentially be your five, six, seven year starter at center, right? Like if you can take him in round three, round four, maybe round five, that's a great value, right? Like the the Niners are looking for value and cheap assets right now, right? They want to kind of get their salary cap back to normal and things like that. And you can do that with guys who are going to be on cheap contracts for a couple of years. I think he had one of the best combines in, in, at the combine five, uh, five Oh three 40, 31 on the bench press, 20, 28 inch vertical three cone drill was 7.4. And then his 20 yard shuttle was 4.5. Like he, he has good hips, good movement. Um, he's, he's really loose. He's not super tight. You know, he's a physical guy. He's really strong. Um, but he also said on my show that he would like to put on another 10, 15 pounds because he's going to need it. He's three Oh seven. According to the RAS score. He's also, I think he weighed in at the combine at 308, 310. You know, if he can get to that 315, 320 mark, that's going to be an ideal situation for him. And he he has a body type to where he's not going to be, you know, like a fat, sloppy guy. Like he he's, you know, he's more like an Alex Mack, you know, solid, very uh, I don't know the word here, but he's just not he's just not soft. You know what I mean? Like he's he's a hard 310, 320. Um, that would be ideal for the Niners. And I, I absolutely love Cole Strange. To me, he's probably my favorite pick in this draft if the Niners were to select him. I think any team that gets this guy is going to get a guy who's going to be around for a while. Um, just the person as well. He's just real super down to earth. He understands the process over the results. He's all about team, 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 team. No bullshit on the outside off the field stuff. It's just him, his girlfriend, his dog, and that's it. Like That's just that's just what it is. That's what He gives it to you straight up, and I, I really appreciate it about him. Yeah, and look at all the green on his RAS uh, chart. I mean, this is just, obviously he's very athletic. Um, I mean, you talked about all the versatility that he has and he provides, and I can't imagine the 49ers not loving that. So definitely an option for them. Would you say he would go in the like third round range? So in talking with Cole, um, he was saying that he had heard fourth, fifth round. Okay. I'm going to believe him because he's the player, right? He's the one hearing from teams. So yes, yeah. I would probably lean with him fourth or fifth round, but maybe he can jump up back into the third, you know, but you also see stranger things, you know, he could fall beginning of the six, right? Like there's, it's just, there's some, you know, how these teams are right. Oh, he played at Chattanooga, you know, it's like sometimes you have to just trust your eyes and what you see on tape. Like he's got good tape. It's not the greatest. Excuse and me. that's why and, and that's why senior bowl performances are so important because those smaller school guys that get invited have that opportunity to go up against the the other big names, the other big school guys um and show what they have. And I think Cole Strange did that. So definitely an option for for the 49ers and as Javi said, someone they can get later in the draft, but they'd be getting very great value someone who can potentially start for them right away next guy uh luke fortner um out of kentucky he's uh, actually one of the older prospects um i think he was at kentucky for six years or he was in college for six years so um but who knows maybe that's something that kyle shanahan would like because we were talking about the fact that kyle shanahan likes you know his veterans at center, someone who's a little more polished, maybe. So uh, what do you like about Luke Fortner and his fit with the 49ers? Uh, one second here. Okay. Here we got some uh, clarification on the Debo thing. Sorry. 
Um, Tony Pauline says the league executive told him Jets will get Debo Samuel. That number 10 pick belongs to San Francisco. He goes on to say there are rumors tonight that they have told Debo he can seek a trade. Thoughts around the league is Jets will make an offer they can't refuse. So there is the actual quote there. There we go. So sorry to interrupt. But yeah, yeah I, no. I do like Luke Fortner. Um, <laughs> he's another guy. But he, I, again, everyone see. I'm not a big Raz fan, right? Raz score fan, but mm-hmm. some of this stuff matters, right? Slower 40 time. You need, if you're going to work in this offense, um, you need to be able to get to the second level, right? Yeah. Five, two, one is not ideal. The Niners probably want that to be five flat, right? Four, nine, somewhere in there. 20 yard split. They probably want that. It's two, five, two, four, right? They want that 10 yard split. They probably want that at that one, seven, one, eight range, which he qualifies for that. And there's three cone. You know, this is, this is, this is a big deal. I'm sorry, the shuttle. That's a big deal for the Niners. Like those, those things matter. So is he a guy that's, he, he's, he's a bigger guy, right? You know, he's, well, he's not a bigger guy, but he's at 307. He just doesn't, he doesn't have the, the movement skill that you want, but I do like him as a blocker, right? As a pass protector. I don't know about, uh, you know, in the run game. I think that's part of the issue here with Luke. But you see it here going against uh, the guys from Alabama. He holds his own. He's, you know, one-on-one drills are excellent. He does what he needs to do here. Um, Kentucky, they they just weren't very successful in the run game most of the year. Um, but I do like Will Levis. I think he played pretty good. Uh, with with Fortner, it's just you can see it there. He's getting stood up. He's getting pushed around a little bit there on some of these drills. And then, of course, at the Senior Bowl, you know, that's he's getting pushed back there. Like, that's not really a win. Um, on some of these reps, he just has to mm-hmm. have better hand control, better anchoring. You can see he gets off balance pretty well, gets too high with his pads. There's just there's a lot to work with, but he has to be able to, you know, keep developing. I, I think I think it's another guy, you know, could he go fourth, fifth round? Yeah, probably. And that's a value pick to me. But I think the value of having a guy like J.C. Treader or Alex Mack ahead of one of them, you know, is ideal when it comes to the center position. I think Kyle. Kyle's looking for a particular center, and I, I, at the end of the day, I think it's going to be one of the other guys that we talked about earlier. Okay, and, and that's totally fair. Maybe um, someone like Fortner can come in in the scenario in which maybe the 49ers do bring in Treader after the draft and you pair him with someone like Fortner, someone who's not as polished, a little bit raw, and still has some things to work on. That's always a possibility for them. So that that's one option. But I think we've looked at some really good center options for the 49ers to replace Alex Mack potentially. And it sounds like for you, Cole Strange is at the top of that list, right? Yeah, Cole and Cam, those are probably my top two. Linderbaum, okay. I mean, and people are going to be like, people are probably going to take this the wrong way, but Linderbaum. The reason I say these things is like, I'm looking at it from a perspective of where the Niners are picking, right? Mm-hmm. Linderbaum, should he be there at 61? No. Right. But if for some reason he falls to 61, then cool. Like, I don't I don't set myself up for, you know, I don't have high expectations where I, I get disappointed. Right. If I really like a guy. But I, I try to find guys within the ranges of where they're picking. Right. The 61. That's a Cam Jurgen spot. Right. 93. That's 193. 105. That's a Cole Strange spot. Right. The Luke Fortner. That's 133 in that range. Right. The Donovan West, those, those guys of the world, they're going to be in that 133 to 176 range. Like that's how I do my drafting. Um, you know, that's how I do my uh, scouting. Right. I try to find guys that are going to be within a range for yeah. the Niners to see where they're going to be and how they may fall. When it comes to Linderbaum, I just have him at the bottom of my list. Cause he just doesn't seem realistic. Do I think he's better than Cole and Cam Jurgens? Yeah, probably. He's probably a little bit better than those guys, but I'd rather get the value of Cam or Cole at 93 and make sure I secure the safety that I need at 61. Does that make sense? Or am I yeah, just no, lost? that, that okay. totally makes sense. It, it's all about positional value and, yeah. and you know, what the 49ers uh, ultimately prioritize, which we, we don't really know. Um, I, I still think safety is maybe higher on their list again, because Treader potentially is out there for them to get after the draft. And so that, that is up. Op- that's an option on the table for them. Um, but let's look at some, you know, tackles or guards that the 49ers can potentially look at. We can assume this is lower on their priority list, but definitely something they can look at to bolster some of their depth. These are some guys who, some of which have visited with the 49ers, um, 
And just a couple names that I liked that I added onto this list. Um, I added Max Mitchell, Abraham Lucas, and Matt Willetsko. I added Willetsko because I've seen a lot of 49er fans um, mention him. I haven't watched too much of him personally, but I like Mitchell. I like Lucas and uh, what they bring. So just let me know what you think about some of these guys. You you know, you don't have to go through every one. I know you've had Sean Ryan on your show. Um, so I, I'm sure you could provide us some information or uh, a little more depth on him. Yeah. And with, uh, with Sean Ryan, uh, shout out to Sam Misra of, of uh, Steinberg sports for getting that interview set up for me. So, um, but Sean, we know the Niners love positional versatility, right? Sean played tackle guard and center under chip Kelly. We all know chip Kelly is not very scheme specific, right? He has his own kind of multitude of offenses that he likes to run, which gives Sean Ryan a really good advantage. If he's going to the NFL, he, he understands different offenses, um, which Sean, he, he only allowed two sacks, two sacks in three years. Again, I'm going to say that aloud. two sacks in three seasons. It's impressive, yeah, right? Against the U S against the PAC 12, say what you want about the PAC 12, but the PAC 12 had some really good pass rushers the last three seasons. And two of them are coming out this, this draft, Drake Jackson and Kayvon Thibodeau, right? And neither one of them have a sack against him. He dominated both those guys, like significantly. Like he made them irrelevant in those games. Um, Sean Ryan is a guy that I like for the Niners to play guard. I think he's going to be a guard in the NFL. I think he translate as I think he translates as a guard. Um, I do like his positional versatility. I like his scheme versatility. I just like the person as well. Another thing about some of these guys with doing these interviews, I think the Niners value this stuff. You know, he's a football guy, right? He's not a me guy. He's a team guy. Again, another guy that understands the process. Playing under Chip Kelly, who would coach the NFL, say what you want about Chip. As an NFL coach, he understands what it is, how how the NFL operates. So he's teaching these guys these things in college too, so that matters. Um, you know, I, I just think, I think Sean Ryan's a guy that, you know, some I think Niner fans should pay attention to that name. And it's a name that's probably going to go earlier than people think. And this is a guy that could be at 61. Because from my mm-hmm. understanding, yeah. Sean has been asked to play center as well by a yeah. lot of teams. Okay. Right? So if he's – and I would assume – he hasn't said anything to me about this, but I would assume that the Niners probably asked him about his center versatility and his positional versatility there. Right? Yeah. He's a smart kid. I, t- I like everything about Sean Ryan. Um not just because he gave me 45 minutes of his time. I just, you know, you, you talk to these players, you get to know them a little bit. Yeah. Um, and there's just a lot to like there. And then you turn on the tape and you see it at tackle, at guard, a little bit of center, right? He's working on being a center now as well. Like he's trying to do everything during this draft process. I kind of feel bad for the guy because he's working at tackle, he's working at guard, he's working at center just to kind of get ready for this draft and see what a team is going to need him to do coming into the season. So once he gets to a team, then they can figure out, well, hey, this is where we're going to play you. This is the answer. The other guy that comes up, Dylan Parham. I don't, that's a really big yes. name in Niner Niner spaces, um, and not not the not the space where you guys talk, but just like in conversation. Matt Mayoko's brought him mm-hmm. up. Earl's has brought him up. David Lombardi's brought him up. So there's some smoke around that guy's name. He's another one. He plays tackle. He can play guard. Positional versatility. We know the Niners love positional versatility. Yep. I view Parham as a guard. I don't view him as a tackle. However, he did play tackle. Um, and you can see him line up against some really good guys, especially at Cincinnati. He kind of worked Maje Sanders pretty well in most of those snaps and most of those reps at tackle. So he gives you that. I think he's a little bit short armed. All right. He's got a good base, really solid base. Like he's got a big ass. That's a big, that's a good thing um, <laughs> for, for him as, as, as a tackle or a guard. Uh, he does again, positional versatility, scheme versatility, can play outside zone, can run the, um, Inside zone, gap scheme stuff for the Niners if they choose to go the Parham route. Ed, Ed Ingram, another guy, LSU. Sometimes you can't. Yes. You just can't go wrong with guys from LSU. The Niners have invested a lot of time in Ed Ingram, according to Matt Miller. Um, mm-hmm. And we all know he had a visit with the Niners, so there's that. Um, where does he go? Who knows, right? Who knows where he goes? But it's possible that he's a guy the Niners really are interested in and, and take a look at. The rest of the guys, I, Max Mitchell I've watched a little bit of. Abraham Lucas I've watched a little bit of. Well, let's go North Dakota State. I think everyone's all, oh, t- Trey Lance and well, let's go and Watson. Like they want to put these guys back together. I, 
I'm not a when it comes to some of these FCS guys. Well, let's go. Doesn't I think well, that's a good player. I just think he's going to be a guy that takes time to develop. Abraham Lucas, I do like him. I don't like him in the run game. I do like him as a pass protector. I don't like him in the run game. The other two, Tristan Taylor, Spencer Burford, I'm not familiar with, so I do apologize. No worries. I mean, Spencer Burford is a uh, late day three kind of guy. Uh, from what I gather, he's versatile. Um, he has experience at every offensive line position but center, so he does offer – um, you know, some versatility there as well. Uh, Tristan Taylor, he was a program's all time leader in games played. So, uh, that speaks to, you know, probably his health and his availability, which is always a great deal. Um, when you're playing offensive line, um, as far as Max Mitchell goes, he's someone I watched. He can play both tackle spots and some left guard as well. So also versatile. Um, I thought he was very solid in pass protection, good run blocker. And the one thing I liked about him is that he, his quarterback moved around in the pocket a lot. And so that's something that I noticed. And I thought that was something that he handled very well because a, a lot of offensive linemen don't always deal with that. Um, we saw uh when Trey Lance started those two games the offensive line they weren't really used to that um a quarterback who moves around in the pocket and there's definitely some different um body movements associated with that and so i thought that's something that Max Mitchell you know does very well that that struck me as something that maybe the 49ers would be interested in Abraham Lucas um i thought he had a solid base as well um, you know, if he does get pushed around, he'll kind of still be able to push his guy away from the pocket, which I thought was um, pretty great. Uh, and no problem getting to the second level with him. He, he blocks with some good power. As far as well, let's go goes. It says no, North Dakota, but I believe that's um, it's it's a uh, University of North Dakota. Oh, okay. So not maybe not North Dakota State. Yeah, I had a I had to check that too because I was like, oh, maybe that's why all these Niner fans like him. And who knows? Maybe they just <laughs> maybe they just think he went to NDSU. <laughs> yeah, it's um, North Dakota. You're right. You're right. Absolutely right. Yeah. So I I have um, him as a undrafted free agent type of guy. To be yeah. So yeah, he, I mean, he might be. And like I said, a lot of these guys that they visited with. They're in that day three fringe undrafted kind of guys. And so that kind of tells you where they kind of prioritize these other positions on the offensive line. Um, so, you know, we'll see uh, who, who they draft, if anyone at all from this list. Uh, do you have any like sleeper uh, tackle or guard prospects that you like that we haven't mentioned here? Zach Tom. Okay, I see. I've seen Brad mention him as well lately, and okay, I got to do some homework on him. <laughs> Zach Wake Tom Forest, played right? Forest, yeah. Okay, he gives you um, another guy with positional versatility. He gives you, you know, he just. I, I like everything about the guy. I think he's a guy that's going to be. Come, I think he's someone that shows up early in the draft. I, 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 okay, I take that back. He's probably a fourth or fifth round pick, right? Forty yard dash, four point nine, vertical jump, thirty three inches. Three cone drill, 7.32, 40 yard, 20 yard shuttle, 4.47. Right. He he fits the bill for the Niners, right? He does, he does fit the bill we need to do. Super smart, three year starter. Um, I have some notes here. Give me a second. Uh good base with and hip flexion into defenders as a base blocker. Um really good hands in the in independent and pass protection. So he doesn't really need that that dual combo block that you kind of see with offensive linemen. He can handle himself one-on-one. The only problem with him, I just think, I just think he, I was talking to Boye Mafe's coach, right, when I was in, 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 uh, at the Senior Bowl, and he was explaining to me, like, the punch point, right? Like, if, if a defensive lineman gets in the, into an offensive lineman's chest too soon, they don't react fast enough. And I think that's the only real issue with Zach Tom is he lets guys get into him right too soon or too fast and he can't he doesn't react fast enough to break that and get it off there we talked you know we've heard joe staley and trent williams and people talk about how fast nick bose is with that punch and he can counter with the swipe right this is where this is where development comes into this place where coaching guys up comes into place i think he has enough talent to be coached up into a high quality guard or tackle 
I really believe that. I think he's super solid. He just has nice. to put on a little bit more weight or just get in the weight room a little bit more and get, get a little bit stronger and work on his technique, right? A lot of these guys just have to get their technique down. It's college football. You know, you got mm-hmm. 90 guys on a roster and everyone's fighting for reps and everything else. But that's why when you get to the NFL, if you're, you know, if you're in the right situation, you can develop and, and work through some things. And I think he's a guy that's a project. Um, but I th- also think it's a guy that the Niners would be interested in getting and looking at late in the draft, fourth, fifth round. Maybe he does fall to, uh, you know, a sixth or seventh round pick. But you again, you have a guy with high traits and high upside. That's a guy that I really, really like in this draft as well. Um, again, you know, people take that the wrong way. You really, really like someone, so he should be really high. No, I'm talking relative to his to his draft stock. So if he's a six or right. seventh round pick, yeah, if we can get two, three years out of a guy like that or someone who develops into something more, I mean, think about it. We had, I know people don't really like Trent Brown, but Trent Brown was a seventh round pick. People forget that. Yeah. Right? Like these guys can develop, right? George Kittle was a fifth rounder, right? We talked about Dre Greenlaw, fifth rounder. Like you can like later round pick guys. You just don't have to love them to where you're like, oh, you're hyping this guy up. No, I'm, I'm hyping him up relative to his draft selection. Right, right. Um, yeah, the, and that's fair. And I, I feel like there's there's plenty of good talent late. And I feel like the 49ers have a good track record of being able to, you know, get contributors out of some of those late picks. Um, so totally fair, you know, someone who I like is Jason Poe. Um, he, he is someone that a lot of people have started talking about as of late, mostly because his pro day numbers were ridiculous. It kind of put him on the map. And so his name is buzzing lately. Um, he had a, he had 34 on the bench, 31.5 vert and a 4.89 40. He's 300 pounds. So that's yeah, pretty crazy. Um, and he can play a lot of positions. Uh, he's played guard, he's played center, and he's even played fullback. Uh, <laughs> what do you think about Jason Poe? And you know, what are you hearing about him lately? Uh, I spoke to Jason today. Uh, we were trying to get him on. I just think he's a little bit too busy tied up uh, with the draft process. So shout out to Jason. Um, I mean, come on, six one, three hundred pounds, thirty four. 34 on the bench, 4.8940, 10 inch, uh, 10, uh, 10 yard shuttle, 1.72, 31 inch vertical, nine foot broad jump. Like it, it's, it's a man that's 300 pounds shouldn't move the way he moves. Yeah. Right. He looks like DJ yeah. Jones, but on the offensive tack, offensive guard side. Right. Um, could he play fullback? Yeah, maybe. I don't, obviously, you don't want to have a 300 pound fullback. Right. But that just is what it is. Um, I, I do like Jason. I think he's a, you know, again, positional versatility. Can he play center? Can he play guard? Would the Niners utilize him as a offensive line back, right? Like, I don't know, just to spin off a wide back. You know what I mean? Like what's, <laughs> why would you utilize a guy like that with so much talent? Right. Would you want to hone him, hone him in at guard or center? Then, you know, maybe, cause I think he has really good hands. He's got violent hands, he's got great feet, obviously uh, lateral movement, outstanding. Vertical movement is there, but can he get at six foot, six foot one? Can he be bull rush and overpowered because he's shorter? Right. Mm-hmm. Those are questions. Those are legit questions. Right. And reach matters in this. I don't know how, how long his arms are, but there's questions about reach with him. So those things come into play. And we'll see, you know, we'll see where he ends up. But I think it's a guy that some teams going to take a chance on, obviously. Right. Yeah. You don't, you don't pass up on traits like that. And you, you see what you can get from a guy like that. And I think, Watch the Ravens find a way to put him in their offense because the Ravens are one of the better drafting teams. They could probably be like, oh, look, we found this guy in seventh round. He's our new starting center. You know what I mean? Like, that's just kind of how they operate, too. So it's it's good. I think this FCS class is pretty solid, too, though. Trevor Penning, Cole Strange, Braxton Jones, Cordell Wilson, Dylan Cook, uh, Nick uh, Zakelli, I believe his name is. Uh, well, let's go. We just talked about him. And, of course, Jason Poe. Like, the, the FCS offensive line group is pretty strong. And it's uh it's a rare find this year. And I think I think the Niners are, are smart and wise to make sure they at least come out of this draft with two offensive linemen, whether that's a tackle and a guard or guard and a center or just two guards and both of them are positional versus position versatile. The Niners need to bolster this offensive line and make sure they're protecting their long term investment in Trey Lance. 
Yes, very important. On post, some people call him the best pulling guard in the nation. I know that's something that I mean. I'm sure, if Kyle Shanahan watched him, he he was probably all over that because yeah, he would love to have uh, someone with his speed. Um, you know, getting to the second level. Um, but uh, Javi, thank you so much for coming on today. I think this was uh, a really good discussion. I like some of these names that we discussed today. Hopefully. You know, if Alex Mack is indeed retiring, the 49ers come away with one of these guys that we talked about. Um, Javi, plug in your socials really quick, your yeah. podcast, all that. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me, Steph. Uh, yeah, just check check me out on Twitter at JavierVague underscore. Um, and then make sure uh, to like and subscribe the uh, YouTube channel at Fourth and Gold Podcast. We were supposed to do something tonight, but Fernando got the flu, so I don't think we're doing anything tonight. Um we might. We'll see how Fernando can push through. He can give me the Jordan performance in the flu game or something. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you know, make sure you're following everything at 49ers Goldmine. Steph's doing a great job of keeping up with the tracker. Um, shout out to Steph for always having that the website going and engaged. I appreciate you for that. Um, and then, of course, um, check out Niners Nation, right? Now, me and Leo Luna with the Oh Hey There Pod, we just put, dropped one this morning. Um, a lot to cover, man. This offseason was, um, off was supposed to be chill. Yeah. It really was. <laughs> You got Mac retiring potentially. You got Debo getting traded. You got John Lynch having, you know, looking like he's going to have a heart attack on the podium yesterday just because he's super uncomfortable with everything. Oh, no. Like, I hope next offseason it's just like, hey, look, Bosa's extended and we we're drafting. We just have to draft, right? Like, that's it, right? So <laughs> I doubt it. We'll see. There's, there's always something with this with this team. You know they keep things interesting for us. Always. How nice of them, always keeping us entertained. Um, <laughs> but Javi, thanks again for coming on today. Um, and if you guys are watching this on YouTube, make sure you like this. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. Make sure you share it. Um, but thank you so much, and have a good night. Peace. Go Dubs.